Alright ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Grindstone Adventures podcast. This is your host, Zach Fear. Um, this is episode 12. Uh, this will be a casual conversation as Joe Noel is returning to the podcast. Uh, we will just be shooting shit and, you know, just talking about normal shit, I guess. Dudes being dudes today, so... Uh, this isn't a specified topic or nothing like that, so don't get your hopes up. And if you were looking for that, well, go look at a different episode. But uh, what are you doing tonight there, dumbass? Oh, just sitting around drinking, you know, some ice-cold bush lattes. No better way to try and get over a little bit of a chest pull than lights. So. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. I've, I've been lucky I haven't gotten sick recently. Man, I, you know... This has got to be the third or fourth cold I've had now since, you know, the new year. Like, the weather up here, I mean, you know, it was bad enough just because you know, I've been traveling so much these past six, seven miles to different states, different climates, and weather constant, you know. Hold on, hold on. You're breaking up a little bit. No, am I? Yeah, you kind of broke off there at the end of your, converse, your sentence there. Alright, can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah, well, these, uh, blame the four drum barracks, they all suck. Well, it is in New York. Yeah. So. But, yeah, I, I was getting sick quite often, uh, from, like, October through December, uh, at the end of the year last year. I got sick more than I've gotten sick in, like, three years, and I, I don't know what the yeah. issue was, but I had a hunch that I'm still not certain is the whole reason, but I quit drinking to see if that was a problem because I didn't drink a whole lot in the last two years leading up before October, and then I started hitting bottle heavy again in October, and I quit drinking right around Christmas Day or the day after, and I haven't drank since, and I haven't gotten sick since. So, well, I mean, technically I had COVID once, but I didn't get sick from it. Yeah, you know, I think, like, a big thing too is my body's also adjusting to like all the bad habits I've cut out Um, you know with uh, finally finally slowing down a good bit on you know smoking and quit quit dipping and Mm -hmm. slowing down big time on drinking and everything so I think my body's just been also a little bit of shell shock since I fucking you know I've abused it so damn much over the past few years (laughs) I can relate to that and say I'm I'm not nicotine free, but I am tobacco free. I haven't chewed since before Zach and Taya got married. Um, and I quit smoking in February. Um, and to help kill those urges, I've been doing those Zen nicotine pouches. And I'm working my way off of those. I went from six milligram pouches to three milligrams. So. Yeah, dude, honestly, dude, I think when I leave Fort Drum, I, I will finally be. Um in a good mindset enough to finally quit smoking but until I leave this place I doubt I quit Dude, um, I don't know what the hell it is like I quit chewing before Zagante's wedding like cold turkey like snap of a finger and it was no issue and then I started smoking heavily right around October um, well, I, t- I tell you what it t- a lot of us want to quit a lot of <laughs> yeah I mean I I, won't, I didn't like smoking because, you know, I ran track and shit. And, like, 
being able to breathe is a big part of who I am. I like to be active. Right. And I, dude, it was so hard to quit smoking. Like I was getting urges and I would fold and I'd go buy a pack of smokes. And then, believe it or not, Tim Sanders gave me uh, one of these Zen nicotine pouches. He he does a pussy flavor. He does uh, citrus. And he's like, dude, dude, this kills all urges. And then it wasn't working. I, I finally tested out what kind of flavors they had. And I, they had wintergreen. And I was like, fuck it. That's what I used to chew. So I got yeah. wintergreen in it. It's done very good. Yeah, man. I mean, I think, you know, especially like this time of the year with weather getting, you know, starting to finally get nice, especially up here, like... I spend so much time outdoors and mm-hmm. everybody, you know, everybody and their mother here on, here on base, you know, smokes. And so you're just around it all the time. And you know, it's, it's, it's hard even when you're trying to cut back, it's, you know, it's hard to avoid the temptation. I don't know. We'll get there eventually. Yeah. I say it's I hard because I hang out with Trenton a lot. And when Brian's down <laughs> hanging out, dude, that's all it seems like happens is, uh, I mean, Trenton. I'm, especially not drinking now like i was a social smoker in college like if i was drinking i would just i would smoke and if i was with a group of people and they had an extra cigarette i would smoke but i was never like an actual smoker in college and then i started hanging out more with trenton after he got back from the army and i got out of college and uh shit hit the fan and you know needed something to calm the nerves down i started smoking like goddamn chimney that was i was out there smoking a peace pipe next to a teepee it, it was ridiculous, and I finally got past that. The urges are gone to, for the most part, but now the urges to drink are coming up because the weather's getting nice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I know that's what that's what next week's looking like for me. You know, I, I, I'm going on leave here for a week, starting next Wednesday, and I'm uh, going down to Georgia and Hilton Head. Well, I'll be in Hilton Head for part of it and then savannah for part of it i got a wedding to go to so are you gonna be able to make that good yeah it's yep yep it was uh it was good we were able to originally i was only gonna go down for like four days like like you know thursday through monday or friday or no friday through monday was the original plan but um plane tickets to fly out on a fly into savannah on a friday and fly out on a monday were about four hundred dollars more expensive than if I were to just use two extra days and fly out on Wednesday. On Wednesday, yeah. So I, I just I saved a shit ton of money and, um, yeah, it was it was it was it was worth it. You know, I'm gonna go see some buddies down at Fort Stewart that are well, the few that are left down there at least. Yeah. Um, and then uh, other than that, I celebrate my birthday since it's coming up next week too. And yeah. Um, this, this would be the first birthday I've actually got to celebrate like on my actual birthday since I've been in so, <laughs> so I, I just you know. I stopped celebrating my birthday I don't give a crap yeah. about that anymore I apologize yeah, but, for the I don't either I, I don't either once I turned after you know after my 21st birthday I really haven't you know given two shits about my birthday since that one but um right. yeah I, I was talking to mom the other night she was telling me you know you better you better control yourself at the wedding and not get too drunk oh your little cousins are going to be there you need to be a role model and i'm like well, that's fine but my birthday i'm getting absolutely belted so <laughs> uh, i just want to apologize to the listeners right now i'm currently away from my apartment at work and i'm in a hotel so that dog barking i have no idea where that's coming from that's just in a hotel here somewhere so blame cincinnati 
Um, you know, I was wondering what the hell that was. Now I can hear it too. It, it's if you, would, if you wouldn't, have, if you wouldn't have pointed it out, I would have probably just told you to, you know, turn your damn TV off or something. But I haven't had that TV on. <laughs> I don't know what the, dude. That thing started yapping last night right before I went to bed, and I was like, I'm gonna find this dog. I'm gonna duct tape his <laughs> mouth shut. Hey, go knock him up. Go knock on that person's door and ask them if they know who you are. Like, tell them you're the owner of Grindstone Ventures and. Yeah, and then we're them, kind of a big deal. Th- them kind of cock their eyebrow one way and go, "Who?" Yeah, we're kind of a big deal. Plus, at Cincinnati, I'm not knocking on random doors. Yeah, that's that's you know what? If you're, I don't think you've ever said a, a smarter sentence in your entire life. Well, there's a reason I wouldn't just go knocking a door now. Um, there are certain things that are at home locked in the safe that aren't with me today, so that's the only reason why <laughs> <laughs> I'm not carrying up here this week. Surprisingly, that's smart. Well, last I carried with me to a hotel up in Michigan, and then I rode in a company. Well, actually, no. Um, scratch that. I'll, I'll just I'll tell you that story later because I don't know if that can get me in trouble or not. So I'm just not going to tell that story. But yeah, that's that's smart. <laughs> I I almost said too much already, but I don't need you getting me in trouble either. It won't get you in trouble. It would definitely get me yeah. in trouble because it was a three-week process to get a security badge. So, yeah, don't want to don't want to fuck that up because the money's nice when I'm up there. Yeah. But uh, yeah. so, I believe not yesterday, the day before, and the day before that, your Indians were down here playing and beat the shit out of the Reds, didn't they? Shit, man. They beat the hell out of them like, two games in a row, I think. Yeah. 10-4 uh, to four the first game and then 7-4 to four the second game, I think. And wow. What's this I, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy, extended. man. Like, I watched, because I watched the first, I watched the season opener and I was like, God, this is going to be a long season because, you know, they, you know, I was just like, like the first two, I didn't get to watch the second game, but the first game, uh, you know, they, they scored one run. They had like five or six hits, couldn't get anybody in when they were in scoring position. Um, they like lost that played. one. Then they got, then they got shut out game two. And I'm like, geez, oh man. And, you know, and oh, I mean, obviously you don't really expect like, too many baseball teams to come out and just put up 20 runs. Especially in a short off season or an extended long season in a short right. training period. But yeah, and then game three hits and they went 17 to three. And I'm just like, where the hell did this come from? So yeah, it's good. like I've, I've watched the, I watched all four of their, their last four games. I've gotten to at least catch the, the last few innings and they are just smacking the shit out of the baseball right now. They beat the hell out of Kansas City too, didn't they? Yeah, that was uh, the seventeen to three game, and then the oh, I think the second one they beat them was ten to oh, it was ten to seven maybe something, something like, like that. that. I had a buddy at that game in Kansas City. I used to play college ball with him. Well, there you go. Yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely gonna try and catch a game when I get home this summer. I mean. I, that's one I thing like, I'm going to try and do is catch a game, whether it's Pirates or Indians. I don't expect prices to be too bad either one. Well, so the thing is, it's like uh, the there's like a ticket package that pretty much every MLB team offers um, that like not many people cash in on. 
um, to me, it's worth it because, like, when I go to Cleveland games, I pay fifteen bucks for a standing room only ticket, mm-hmm. and you know, you get a free beer with that ticket, and then um, you know, you can just go stand out in left field all night long, and um, you know, like to me, I, I can handle that. Yeah. So last time I seen the Indians play, I was like maybe, I don't know, eight or nine. I was with Drake and his dad, and we were sitting right behind home plate. Watch Casey Blake hit a home run and Travis Hafner crank out a couple hits. Yeah, I think the last one I went to was, well, shit, man. I went to like four Indians games last summer. Um. I think the last one I went to, they were was when I I was I went down to Tampa Bay to visit uh, my cousin Anthony down there, and um, we got tickets for you know, I think it was like a Tuesday or Wednesday afternoon game, and then it ended up getting canceled because of a tropical storm that hit down there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we ended up getting they rescheduled it to the next day, which was a, and they turned it into a doubleheader, so we got to stay for both games and oh, cool. Cleveland. Cleveland got their ass and stopped both games. <laughs> Tim Bates are good, though. Anthony had a good time. There you go. And so, I, I, you know, I was just thinking about this a couple seconds ago. Um, me being a big Pittsburgh fan, like one of my goals is to go see a Pittsburgh team in every one of their major stadiums. And I haven't been able to do that, obviously, because I haven't seen Pirates play. I haven't been to a baseball game in over probably a decade and a half. And I haven't seen the pirate or the Penguins play because every time I think about going to a game, it's already postseason time and they're in the postseason and those tickets go sky high. And I'm like, well, I ain't going to pay no three hundred dollars for a ticket. And no, then, you ain't got you ain't got worry about the Pirates making the playoffs. They're no. a bag of dog shit, but their games are fun to go to. I've I've been to a couple Pirates games. They're they're a lot of fun. PNC Park looks like fun. I want to go check it out. Yeah. But yeah, obviously yeah, I've been to Heinz Field. But I have been to every major Cleveland sports arena. I've been to, at the time it was Progressive Field. Um, I've been it's to. It's still Progressive Field. Or not Progressive. What was it? Before? Jacobs Field. It was Jacobs oh, Field. Oh, yeah, yeah. When I went. That's how long it's been. I was there when it was Jacobs Field. That's how long it's been. I've been to uh, Quicken Loans Arena once for Monster Jam. And then i seen the Cavs play the Bulls. Um, and then obviously I've seen the Browns play the Steelers. Huh? Oh yeah, yeah, that was a fun game. That was, even though I got harassed the entire game. Yeah, well, that's what you get for choosing the wrong team. Well, I mean, at least my team treats players with dignity and respect. Boy, they. I don't know, man. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm, I, I was not a fan of that Deshaun Watson trade at all. Dude, I, I mean. If not only was I not a fan of the trade, I, as much as I hated the trade, I hated the contract they gave him on top of it. Like, yeah, that was dumb. Because you know, now they're going to lose, lose key pieces now because of that. It's not up to me to say whether he's guilty or innocent. I, you know, shame on him if he's guilty. Shame on everybody else if he's been innocent the whole time and there right. was no fit. But, but whatever, you know. But the fact is, is you know, they're, they're still at risk because of NFL's policies. They're still at risk for having to miss an entire season or at least half of a season. And they still are giving him, you know, Over. like 217 guaranteed, you know, $217 million guaranteed. Like, Yeah, I don't think like he's worth it because last time he played, he won four games. No. I mean, he's, well, got, he's got major well, yeah. talent, but 
Well, still, last time he played, he also had 33 touchdowns and seven interceptions, something like that. And he led the league in passing, but he only won four games. Yeah, well, the Texans have never exactly been a loaded caliber team either. No, but that was still when uh, Honey Badger was playing for him and J.J. Watt was still there. So I believe that was when Philip Lindsley was the, the – no, he was big time in Denver, wasn't he? No, yeah, Phillip, I don't think Philip Lindsay's. He's on yeah. the Texans roster or was, but Duke Johnson's the running back down there now. I mean, he he's got all kinds of talent, but like, it don't matter if you put up all those stats if you ain't getting to that postseason. You know what I mean? That's all MGMs and owners are looking for is postseason and Super Bowl. It don't matter what your personal accolades are. Yeah, no, I I don't I don't know I didn't. I didn't like the trade. I, I think Baker deserved his fifth-year option. Um, I mean, he, technically, he still got it. You know, he's well, yeah, trying, he's, he's got trying it, to ride the bench. Yeah, he's they're going uh, Yeah, like I and I don't blame him. I I wouldn't want to play for that team anymore either. After no, but he got done dirty. Like yeah, that dude. He, yeah, that dude won your first game in two and a half seasons. He took you to the playoffs for the first time and won a playoff game for the first time in over thirty years. Almost got you to the AFC Championship game, and he gets hurt one season on his fourth head coach and fourth offensive coordinator. And you're going to throw the book at him? Like, dude, come on. Like, I don't personally think Baker's that great of a quarterback on his playing ability, but the attitude and the fire he plays with, I love it. I love it. Even as a Steelers fan, I love that fire. Well, yeah, and I, I thought it was funny, like, the day they traded for Watson in the Browns' front office, like, the GM and the owners are like, yeah, we, we're taking the Deshaun Watson case very seriously. We've done a lot of in-depth research into it. I'm like, no, you haven't. Like, you traded for him the day after, um, like, they decided not to indict him. Exactly. And I'm, like, and I'm like, you're telling me you did all of that research and came to a conclusion and you had all the evidence you needed in a 24-hour time span. Not even 24 hours. Right. So I, I don't know. So what happened was they had to deal in place, and they were just waiting to see what the jury said. Yeah. Or the, I mean, what, yeah. whatever it was. Which, honestly, I mean, my personal opinion is you're innocent until you're proven guilty. But at the same time, 20 women saying very similar stories, that's a little fishy. But I'm not the judge. I'm not going to pass judgment on the man. I mean... But still, something's a little fishy in that water there, whether it's the Browns doing that deal or it's him actually doing that freaking horrible crap. But the Browns definitely made themselves look like an ass of the NFL, like over top of the Jaguars from last season. Like, that's that was oh, one, bad. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like, if I'm Baker, even though I know the Browns are going to do him dirty and keep him for his fifth year because they don't have Deshaun Watson for at least half the season, so they're going to play Baker half the season – and then no, sit him, and then like, who are they going to start, Jacoby Brissett or Josh Dobbs? Yeah, no. I guarantee, yes. They're not going to start Baker. I, there's no way Baker comes out and plays this year for Cleveland. He will not suit up. In a well, that's the game. thing. I think Kevin Stefanski is going to – his character is going to shine through because I feel like this was forced on Stefanski just as much as it was Baker. Yes, yeah, um, so Because the Browns I, owner I mean, is a piece-of-shit human being, but – yeah, the Haslam's are idiots. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, Stefanski, if he's smart, he plays the best available player no matter what. And I will take Deshaun Watson's abilities over Baker's any day of the week. But oh, yeah. Baker has earned that 
in my mind, in his four years of gritting through four coaches, a horrible offensive line, to a new playbook, to a shoulder injury, a major shoulder injury, to getting shit on by his fans. Like, that's that dude's earned more than what he's capable of. Oh, yeah. Like, that's just unfair. And if I'm Kevin Stefanski, I'm playing him. But, you know, at the end of the day, that whole ordeal is just all about making money and getting to the postseason, which if they don't play Baker while Deshaun's out, they don't make the postseason next year and they're bottom of the division again. Oh, yeah. Because no offense to Josh Dobbs, I like him. He was in Pittsburgh for the last six years as a backup, and he was decent in Tennessee. But he ain't it. And Jacoby Brissett's had his chance with multiple teams, and he just sucked. Yeah, uh, I don't know. You and I talk too much sports on this damn show. We spent like 15 minutes on the last episode talking about the Browns. That's all right. I spent, I don't know how much time in the podcast I did in person with Nick and Tom talking about sports. Oh, yeah. So who do you think the Browns take round one? I think they need to go wide receiver. Uh, they're not going to be going round one because they traded that round one for Deshaun Watson. True. What, what's their first pick going to be? I think it's the second round. Um, it's either second or third round. but they got to go wide receiver. Well, they're either going to go. I, I don't know. There's three positions they're going to go for. D-line, wide um, receiver, or linebacker. Yeah, and potentially. I, I could see them uh, going tight end, too. Oh, okay, um, yeah, yeah, tight end, too, yeah. Yeah, I, see that. I mean, they're, I mean, they've, you know, because they play, they normally run with three tight ends anyways. That, and they so. had to get rid of Austin Hooper because they paid him oh, too Hooper. much money. Hooper, he was awful. He was in the wrong system. He was in, he's a receiving yeah. tight end, he's not a blocking tight end. He was in the wrong system. But, I mean, and, and Joku and um, Harrison Bryant, and then I think, I don't know, the one, I, the tight end I'd like to see in Cleveland Excuse me. <clears throat> the one I, I'd like to see in Cleveland is Luke Farrell, the Ohio State boy. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, what, 6'6", 250 pounds, and can yeah, block and a, get down the big, field. He's a big boy, so I'd like yeah, I'd like to see them draft him. Um, I mean, that's just the bias, being an Ohio State fan. I mean, before the Sean Watson trade, I was hoping to see Cleveland take either Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson round one, but that's not happening now. I can see Olave dropping. Um, he's he's, he's been dropping through the, the mock drafts, which obviously mean nothing. But I can well, I don't if, think he, if I don't, one I don't of those two are going to drop, it's going to be him. Yeah, yeah. You know, Garrett Wilson's not dropping. He's the number one receiver. I'm pretty sure in which the class. Was crazy because coming out of the season, Olave was the number one receiver at OSU. Yeah, at the start of the year, he was. Which yeah, it, it was nuts. Like everybody thinking he's going to be a big dog and shit, and then. Garrett Wilson comes out here and says, nope, check this out. Well, not only that, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm more excited for Ohio State than I am for Cleveland this year anyways. like I would like to try and get into college football more this year uh, since I'm I'm not doing any fantasy football anymore. Um, yeah. I was the manager of two leagues, and I was in four. It was just too much to keep up with, and I ain't doing it this year anymore. Um mainly because I kept losing money and I'd make the playoffs and get fourth every single time. But I, I don't know yeah. what team I want to get into because I'm not a huge Ohio State fan. I never have been. I'm not an Alabama fan. Growing up, I always got West Virginia stuff, but I really don't like that state anymore. I 
I don't like that state anymore. Put it that way. <laughs> so I don't want to. I mean, I have nothing wrong with West Virginia University, but they suck. So, and I don't want to root for a horrible team, but at the same time, I want to find a team that's going to play ball like the Steelers. In my head, still play ball even though they don't. Like hard nosed football, big time defense stuff. Then, then watch Georgia. Yeah, but you, we don't know what Georgia's going to look like next year because they're graduating so many people and transferred out a lot of people this year. Yeah, that's that's true enough. I, I don't know. That's why I'm I'm looking forward to Ohio State because they got so many young guns on the team this year. I mean, yeah. I mean, our, the top two wide receivers will be Smith and Jagba and Marvin Harrison Jr. Smith and, and Jagba is a big dude. I mean, like that's a that's a first round pick already. Whenever he gets there. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, he's that Rose Bowl performance he had was insane. I don't think that's going to be repeated for a long time. No, he shattered so many records. Yeah, yeah. And then, I mean, on the top of the monster game he had, Marvin Harrison Jr. had a monster game too. Like, yeah, which I'm not throwing expectations at that guy, but at the same time, that that's expected from him. Well, yeah. I, but you know, I, I loved his dad in the NFL. I was a big Marvin Harrison fan when he when he was with the Colts. Mm-hmm. Um, so having him in Ohio State now is pretty pretty cool. So yeah, I may give Cincinnati a try this year. They, I liked what they did last year and the year before. So who knows? Maybe I'll even root for Jackson State in all prime time. Yeah, <laughs> he's putting together a hell of a squad down there. He's changing. The entire outlook of college football and recruiting. Exactly, and you know, I, I love process. it too. I, oh, it, it needed to happen because there's Division three guys I played with and played against that were NFL caliber that got no looks. Like Mount Union gets a slight look almost every year, at least at their quarterback. But when I was playing ball my freshman year, he wasn't a senior, but he was definitely draft eligible if he wanted to declare. A guy named Cheney Fulton, man, he was just. I have never met a person, and, you know, I I know what's-his-face. They went to RMU, um, Dalton, they went to Akron. I, I've never met a person that can understand and un- do the things on the football field the way Cheney could at Muskingum. Like, dude was yeah. quality t- talent, like over 120 tackles every year he played. Sideline side to sideline speed was next level. It it was crazy. Like he knew the other team's plays before they would even get fully set up into their formation. He knew what was going to happen. His only yeah. downfall was his conditioning. He he get tired pretty quick. But his his mentality, like his brain, would always be able to tell where the play was going. So like he compensate for being out of shape by knowing where to be. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which, shout out to Cheney, he just had his first kid last week. Oh, yeah, that's great, man. Yeah, congratulations to him. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, and uh, in three days I will be an uncle again. Oh, yeah, that's right. I, I forgot I forgot uh, Karen and Andy were coming up again. Yeah, Karen fought tooth and nail at the doctors to make sure she didn't get induced on 420. One, because it's 420. Two, because... It, I believe that's her dad's birthday. And three, because we have the last name Fuhrer, and that is Hitler's birthday. Oh. 
crazy fucking story like you imagine going into history class and just be like all right we're learning about the holocaust today happy birthday to wait hold on what the hell get out of my class i'm calling the cops (laughs) she needs she needs to she needs to pop on april 21st that's a good birthday to have right there what about april 22nd i don't i don't know anything important about that date it's the midget's birthday. Who's the midget? My sister. Oh. You didn't know that? I ain't calling her, I ain't calling her midget. Kick my ass. Well, if you call her midget, then that's kind of calling the, the pot calling the kettle black. Yeah, that's true enough, I guess. And you guys are like the same height. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well. You still scared of Megan? Huh? Are you scared of Megan? When's, I mean, I don't know. I, I think we're all scared of pretty much all the fuck, damn near all the women in their lives. They're, I ain't scared of no one. Yeah, yeah. speak for yourself. Okay, okay, I take that back. I, I, I'm i scared of some women. Depends on if yeah, there's women. You're scared of your, um, you're scared of my mom. Let's, let's, let's not lie to ourselves. Only, yeah. only when she has you a wooden it. spoon in her hand. Shit, man. Yeah, you piss off an Italian these days, they're going to come at you with a damn saucepan. Uh, I'm, I would take my odds with a metal saucepan over a wooden spoon. That spoon hurts. I really have. Your, I, your I, sister Megan can get scary too, I guess. Uh, Maria, I, I can't take her serious enough whenever she's mad to be scared of her. Well, yeah, those two don't count. They're both a couple of little chihuahuas, so... <laughs> They're just like the, they get mad and it reminds you of like the little ankle biting dogs. Yeah, like, hush, I'm going to throw your car keys up on top of the fridge. Yeah, yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, I'm kind of scared of Funkhauser's mom too. Like, I love Lisa, but she scares me. Not not in a bad way, but like, I, I, I can see how James and Lizzie you know get their fire in them it's got to come from somewhere and say Russ is pretty laid back so it's got to come from Lisa yeah I don't know I don't think I've ever met Fox's parents they're cool they're very cool yeah then again then again I don't think I really I don't really I I don't think I really ever interacted with the dude until after high school anyways oh yeah I mean he was a was he a freshman when we were seniors something like that he can't he ain't that young oh he's young Lizzie, I thought he was only like I thought he was only like a year behind us. I think he graduated a year after Megan. Yeah, I don't know. That's been three years behind us. Yeah, mm-hmm. I barely remember what breakfast was for me yesterday. So I, I think I'm gonna. Yeah, I didn't have breakfast yesterday. Well, <laughs> I got up before. Yeah, I got up before I am so we could get on the road and get up to Cincinnati to work by eight yesterday yeah that drive sucks but I did I got to see some buddies in Columbus the day before yesterday um, I bought a truck cap for my truck so now I can build that shelving unit I wanted to build in my truck oh there you go yeah yeah, yeah. I tell you what my, my Dodger M that thing that thing's fun to drive how many speeding tickets you got yet oh I ain't got any yet knock on wood 
because I definitely could have earned a few by now. But um, what's I the, mean, what's the price of gas up there? Oh, four twenty-five, four thirty. Holy smokes! It's cheap yep. here in Ohio, dude. It's like three eighty, three sixty, and then down in Huntington, it's like four ten. Man, I'd kill for three eighty, three sixty right now. Same. I mean, I mean, geez, oh man, what a time to buy a truck. I I bought a truck. Um, well, when I got my truck, the day I got my truck, gas was at three eighty. The very next day, it went up twenty cents to four bucks, and then within. Uh, that the end of that weekend, it was at four thirty. I mean, mine wasn't as severe, but that's because I bought mine yeah. in January. But it was the same situation. Like, I bought my truck. I went from paying fifty dollars, forty five, fifty dollars for a full tank of gas, and going five hundred plus miles before I had to get gas in the car. Trying to get in that truck and spending seventy to ninety dollars to get a full tank of gas, and only yeah. been able to go to three fifty, four hundred miles with it. Yeah, I mean, you know, it sucks. But I would, but, wouldn't trade it, though. Yeah, no, it, it, like, it sucks, but first of all, I needed a truck. Second of all, like, what am I going to do, just not pay for gas? Like, yeah. you know, it, it's just, it's shitty, it's shitty for everybody, but it's like, yeah, you know, we're just, just going to suck it up for a little longer, and things will, things will come back to normal, hopefully, before we're dead, at least. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Well, things everything back to normal but you, you get what I'm saying like right. that's, that's, these prices ain't gonna stay this high forever it's no they'll come back down eventually it's a temporary disaster and um, yeah so uh, how, how's your dad doing I haven't talked to him in a while oh he's uh, he hasn't changed a damn bit um, <laughs> he, he just moved into his new house finally oh, that's um, good yeah, so he's uh, he got a house down Folsom, right past the farm, right past the old farm. Oh, good for him. Uh, so, and it looks great too. Like it looked horrible when he first bought it, and um, so yeah, shout out to uh, Anthony Anthony Swagger and Jonas Byler for the work they did on that house because they uh, they made that thing look like a freaking palace compared to what it was. Yeah, yeah, and shout out to my right arm. Otherwise, Jonas wouldn't be here. <laughs> oh man that was a long time ago but yeah it's funny to laugh at now but it wasn't in the moment well I'm sure <laughs> so uh, yeah so Megan's still living with your dad then uh yeah yeah she's still she's still with him just doing, uh, doing some substitute teaching and um it's gonna be I don't think she's, I mean, she's not going to be there that much longer. She's just bounced back and forth doing a lot of small jobs here and there. And, um, you know, doing the best, doing the best you can in these times when it's hard to find work. And, um, all we can well, do. yeah, or at least finding work that you're qualified to do really. And, um, right. So it's, it, you know, it's, it's tough for her. It's tough for, tough for anybody that's bouncing around from job to job right now but you know everybody seems to be making do with what they have so is uh marie's out there in uh, south bend didn't she yeah sure is she over there working because tyler he's now a traveling nurse or whatever those are or is that where he took a permanent job 
No, I th- I'm pretty sure he's just a traveling nerd. I don't know. If, I don't know if he's a nurse or if he's just like. I think yeah, I think he is traveling nurse. Um, but I mean, shit, that that stuff tastes good. Oh so. yeah. Oh yeah. Pays yeah, they're, they're, they're doing. Make. You know, they're 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 doing good. I'm I'm happy for them. Um, yeah. Yeah. We, I don't get to we don't get to talk as much. I mean, we all got really busy lives, busy schedules. But right. You know, I'm really I'm I'm at, I'm you know, I'm I'm always thrilled when I see people close to me, especially family, like finally leave Carrollton. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's that's that's like that's a life hack right there is just moving out of that damn town. Yeah, I moved out, but I'm moving back up to Ohio in October. Yeah, but well, I'm well, trying hard not to move back into Carrollton. You know, and the thing with Carrollton for me, you know, it's always going to be home. It's that's it, it's my home. It's where I was born and raised. I don't I don't hate the place. I've just like my my biggest thing is is. You know, these last six, seven years now, I've gotten to do so much traveling and see so many new places around this country and in the world. And it's like, you know, I just, I just, I can't see myself ever wanting to settle back down there with all of the other badass, cool, wide open country places I can go to around this country that are mm-hmm. way nicer with way less, you know, stupidity and drama that goes on. <laughs> and, um, Tell me about it. Yeah, man, like I love it. I, you know, I just love getting on Facebook every single day. Something new in Carrollton happens, and it's always like the same people too. Oh my just cra- god, yes, it it's is. well, it's not the same. It's like the same group of people is what I'm getting at. Is just like something happens, and then all of the same people are always commenting on the Facebook post. I, it, I just love like I could I could eat like three bags of popcorn and just read the comments all day long and just laugh my ass off at it because yeah. it's like. And all these, you got all these people in their freaking late twenties, early thirties, doing the same thing they were doing in high school. And to me, it's just good comedy, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it's it's annoying. That's kind of one of the re- main reasons I don't want to move back into Carrollton, act, <laughs> like actual Carrollton. Like I'm moving back to Ohio. I've decided, but I'm looking all around, like from about thirty, forty minutes east of Columbus, below. Akron Canton because I don't want to go anywhere near them I don't want to go anywhere near Youngstown but I also don't want to get down in the Sio Caddis area but I'm looking all around trying to look at places I'm looking at you know renting I'm looking at what house prices are right now so that way I can because I don't know how well I'm going to do this summer with work and making money I may come out with enough money when I go to move to put a down payment on a house I don't know but I'm trying not to go back to Carrollton I mean, yeah. I mean, like it's it's affordable to live in Carrollton, very affordable. Right. But you know, other than that, you know, it's just there's I, I don't know, man. I just I I've seen I've seen too many better places around this country to live in that right. for me to want to move. In. Let alone even Ohio, you know. Like I I don't know, man. I just you know I, I still I remember a couple years ago. Uh, I remember a couple years ago I made a. I was just like joking around on my Facebook one day and said something about like how big of a shithole the state of Ohio was. <laughs> and then somebody told uh, my uncle Bobby about the post. And I don't know if you remember him, but he's very short tempered. Um, and, and he went off on me just for saying Ohio was a shithole. It is. Uh, he, he, he was like, buddy, I love you. 
but if you ever refer to this state as a shithole again, I will rip your fucking tree stands off my property and run them over with my tractor and put them through the brush hog, and you will never hunt my land again. I was like, that's a bit excessive, don't you think? Like, all I said, it's a garbage state. um, Right, right. Which I... I still think it's a garbage state, but I also, you know, I love my Uncle Bobby and I love hunting his property, so. Right, and he doesn't listen to this, so you're good. No. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I got nothing wrong with Ohio. It, it's just, I, I don't, I don't know how to put it. Like, I love the deer hunting and the small town feel to Ohio, but that's all. Oh, 100%. Like, that's, yeah. that's it. That's the top of the list. That's the bottom list. There ain't nothing good past that like in my mind yeah you know it's like when you're in the country of ohio it's you know that's that's god's country there like it's it's you know people i've met so many people in the army that always want to talk about how they grew up in the boondocks and i'm like um okay well i'll take your word for it then i'll and then they show me pictures and i'm like that's what you consider boondocks i can see your neighbor's house Like, that's not boondocks. I can see your fucking neighbor's house. Right, like, like, I gotta be able to take a piss off my back porch without scaring if my I, not, not even the back porch, the front porch, right by the road. If I can piss and hit the ditch and not worry about a freaking car coming, the only thing I gotta worry about is an Amish horse and buggy trotting by. You know, that's, you know, that's, that's what I call God's country, and that's boondocks. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that was the major reason for me deciding to go back to Ohio instead of North Carolina like I was thinking about. Was, yeah. One, obviously, all my family's up in Ohio other than, you know, the midget. But, <laughs> like, I, I love being around my nieces and stuff and I like helping out butchering in the, the late uh, winter time, January through March. But the deer hunting, that's what, that's like the main reason that brought me to like, you know, Ohio. That, that's where I'm going to Oh, go. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, like, I want to, you know, like, I could talk shit on Ohio all day long, but the deer hunting there is prime time. Like, yep. it's, you, you just can't top it. Like, well, you can, but not for the prices that we can get licensed and tags. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, um, like, for, for me, uh, you know, I'm, I'm never going to, I'm never going to turn down a chance to hop on a flight back home and take my bow out for a few days out in the woods out there and sit in a tree stand. You know, it's just, it's hard to beat the wildlife as a whole in Ohio. Like deer hunting's great. Coyote hunting is, is always a good time. Even if you don't get anything, you're, you typically, you're typically going to cross paths with one at some point. Right. Great, great small game squirrel and rabbit. And, you know, um, turkey hunting is top of the line too like it's great in ohio i mean it's 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 a great spot for outdoors period you know i don't i've never been a huge fisher it's something i'm definitely uh i've I've actually i've spent a lot of time um trying to study up before i head out to montana um because i definitely look forward to you know picking up on fishing once i get out there and um but yeah man i mean like I you know I talk I, I can talk all the trash I want about Ohio from like the kind of like the people point of view like mm-hmm. the overall my, my overall opinion on the people that are still in that state um, that doesn't matter whatever who cares 
you know, they're, they're doing their thing, they're living their lives, whatever. You know, you do you. You don't want to go out and travel, that's on you. Right. Um, but I will 100% drop seven days worth of leave if it means coming home and bow hunting for seven days in Ohio because, you know, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's hard to beat. Right. Like, I, I told Aaron in last week's podcast, um, I was like, dude, if you guys are looking to get into Ohio to shoot some content and do some hunting, I'm going to tell you right now, like, there's big deer you guys have shot on the show. I've seen them. I've watched a lot of your videos already. But there's something that's... Ohio builds them different, man. Like, the Ohio deer, unless you're... In my opinion, Iowa or Kansas, you just aren't going to get a deer the same caliber what you'll get in Ohio. In my opinion, those are the top three states in, Ohio, in the United States, in my personal opinion, for the best deer hunting. Kansas, Iowa, Ohio. And each one has their own, like, you know, I would, they got them corn-fed deer over there, big heavy racks, big bodies. Kansas got very smart, big, big rack deer over there. The bodies aren't as big, but they're still big bodies. And then Ohio's got some of the smartest deer on the planet, probably, that can grow oh, yeah. massive Ohio's racks big. and big-ass bodies. I, in in my opinion, and this is definitely it's it's definitely a biased opinion, but right. especially because we grew up in Ohio. But I, um, I will say Ohio is the is out of all the states that have whitetail, um, especially your t- your top notch states for whitetail hunting. Ohio is the hardest state to hunt, I, I believe, um, for when it comes to whitetail. I think it's I think it's the most challenging. Um, you know, we don't we don't have the luxury of rifle rifle season with whitetail and stuff like that. You know, you're going out there and you're you know you're you have to rely on closer shots typically. You know, and so that that's something that really kind of tests the overall patience of of hunting. Um, you know, you really, you want to put your patience to the test, um, and and there's so many different ways to test your patience. Like, because like I can't compare sitting in a tree stand for an Ohio whitetail, like when I try to think about what it's going to be like going on foot out in Montana after elk and mule deer and whatnot, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's going to be two different extremes. Um, right. And, and people can knock, can knock tree stand hunting all day, but that's really the only way you're going to get her done in Ohio. It's, it, it's so hard to spot stock in Ohio. Like, I mean, it is. It is. Unless you're it's, like, you know, it, it, during gun season you get seven you people know. on ten acres and you're doing a deer drive, then you might get something. Yeah, I'm but, not a fan of deer drives. I've never been a fan of deer drives. But um, I don't knock them because, you know, if it means putting meat in, the, in somebody's freezer, I'm all for it. But Right. Like, I'm, not, I'm not big yeah. on them, but that's because I've never had real good success with them. And now I'm more of a bow hunter anyways. So, like, I like the chess yeah. match over, you know, shoot what you see. Well, exactly, and I know, like, I talk, I talk so much, and I rave so much about bow hunting because that's all I, you know, that's all I've really lived for, you know, ever since I first started hunting. Um, but when I think about, you know, going out west here, I think my, my top priority, first and foremost, is going to be putting meat in the freezer. So, mm-hmm. uh, so if that means going out with a rifle, uh, then so be it. Yeah. Um, if nothing else, you're getting yeah, meat exactly. in the freezer you know, and you're yeah, learning yeah, the area. Yeah, it's going to taste the same. It's it's all going to go to the same place, and it's going to be just as it's going to be just as memorable to me. As you know, my my goal is 
my goal out there is to fill a freezer, and after that, then then you know, if I'm able to succeed in that, and I still have you know whatever tag I have left, then then that's when I'll pick up the bow and really go go out for the challenge hunt. Right. Yeah. Not saying rifle hunt's not a challenge hunt, but you know, just really put put those spot stock skills to the test. Mm-hmm. You know, do some trial and error with the wind and everything out there. And, yep. You know, I, I can already tell you one one issue you're going to run into out there, and uh, you you might take this personally a little bit. I don't know, but uh, you're going to have to have someone cut your deer up for you, and you know, you're going to have to remember how to gut and skin it by yourself. Well, gutting ain't, ain't a problem, but uh, I'm not going to go out. I'm not going to lie on air and say I'm an expert skinner. <laughs> I, I'm far from it. Um, you know, I I think I think back on I think back on my childhood a lot, right? And yeah. I think about like all of the things. Like sitting here is you know about to turn 25 next week. All of the shit that I should have learned had to do when I was a kid, and I never really got taught it. And um, but there's things you got taught that I never got taught. Yeah, exactly, and that's that's just that's just you know human nature. It's it's all about evolving and um, how we you know because you know we teach each other things all the time. And um, like to me, like ever since the first time you know, like the first time you guys showed me how to skin and butcher. Um, no, I don't remember how to do it by heart, and I. I you know, it's going to take a long time for me to keep it, you know, best way to learn, but The best way to learn, honestly, is just do it. I mean, if you, like, you have the same mentality when it comes to putting meat in the freezer as I do. You obviously have your choice cuts, but when you're trying to learn how to gut and skin efficiently and the best way as you possibly can, you're going to make bad cuts here and there. You're going to hit, when you're skinning, you're going to take some meat off. When you're gutting it, you may cut the piss sack and you have to wash it out. Or when you're trying to cut it, up and you may forget you know hey that's where the back strap starts or something like that and yeah you just got to go through and do it until you you know you get it down to a practice like the only reason i can gut and skin a deer and butcher a deer i'll gut and skin within a deer within 20 minutes and butcher a deer within two hours is i've done that stuff all my life since i could hold a butter yeah exactly and and you know and like for me growing up it was okay you know dad taught me how to gut but you know that, that, that it didn't go further than that we would gut our deer and you know ever since i was little we would throw him in the back of the truck and he'd usually just run him up to don's butcher shop and mm-hmm. and drop it off there and you know i i hate it um looking back on it you know i'm just like man uh, you know i would have loved that, that would have been something i would have loved to do with him is you know both of us learn together on how to do it um right i mean you know you know how to farm and I, I don't really know how to farm like you could put me on a tractor and it's going to take me a little bit to figure out how to run that thing you can hop on you you've shown me you can hop on any tractor you can sit on and you can run that sucker yeah I the, can't. The biggest, the, yeah the biggest thing like to you know excuse me bur, uh, beer beer burp there um but with you know with with running farm equipment it's not always about it's not always about just what you're driving. You need to know what you're pulling behind you. Um, you, you know, you just need to know what the actual task is, especially if you're working ground. Um, you know, uh, so it's just a lot goes into it, and there's there's still there's tons of, sh- of shit about farming I I still don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, I just, the boss man tells me what to do. I hop in the tractor and I do it. Um, right. You know, he'll, he'll tell me the concept. He'll give me his expectations and I make it happen. And, and, you know, like, you know, with farming, there's no room for error, you know, cause that's, that's, that's how they make their income. That's how they make, that's how they make their money to survive for next year. That and is, it's to dangerous to too. Yeah. So, so you take it very seriously and it could be the most simple task in the world. Like, um, I don't know, maybe some farmers, um, I, I don't know, to me, I, I've never met a group of people that are as prideful and dedicated to their work as farmers are, and they have 100% every right to be the way they are. Yep. Um, I agree. They, you know, they're the backbone it, of this country. There's, there's so much that goes into it that people don't understand and people don't respect and appreciate, and it sucks, but you can't reason with stupid, so... You can't reason with stupid. You can't reason with ignorant. And stupid should hurt. That's all I'm going to say about that. What's that? Stupid should hurt. Yeah, yeah. Um. So I'll say this. You know, anybody who's got a anybody who listens to this and has a problem with farmers, then uh, find another podcast to listen to. Yeah. Um, take a hike. I don't want to. I don't want you listening yeah. to me if you have an issue with farming. But um. Yeah. But yeah, man. I mean. Like, I don't know. I always, like, even from when Dad first taught me how to drive a tractor, you know, I started driving a tractor probably seven, eight years old, um, and it was just simple. To do. Like, he, he just had me do the the three most simple things you can do, and that's tedding hay, raking hay, and uh, hauling manure. Um, so, you know, and, and those, are the, those are three good places to start, and you learn how to take it serious. You learn how to pay attention to detail. Um, you know, dad used to ride with me all the time and show me the things to look for. And, you know, it's, it's not just driving from one side of the field to the other, you know, you're looking for everything. Right. Um, you know, you want to make sure you're not hitting groundhog holes and fucking up your, your utilities. You know, you want to make sure, especially when you're raking, Hey, you keep your windrows as straight as possible. So, so, you know, whoever's round bailing or running the square baler doesn't look like a drunk driver out in the field swerving <laughs> everywhere to pick up all the hay. And, um, you know, it's just, I, I don't know, like, it's uh, it's something I've carried with me, through, you know, since I was little all the way up until now. Like, everything I do, I do very, you know, I'm very meticulous, like, very attention to detail. Um, and... And especially with the with the military, that's huge in the military. You can do a million, you know, big things, you know, to help your your the mission success, your unit's overall success and whatnot. It's that one small thing that's going to get you fucked over. Well, not fucked over, but it's going to get you yelled at. It's going to get you locked up. And it's going to make all those other million good things you did feel like nothing at that point. So that, that's know. with anything in life, though. Like. No, I mean, exactly. I mean, it's you, with anything in life. You gotta but, have mental discipline and pay attention to little details, because a bunch of little details add up to the big things. Uh, it, and, and and you need to be able to take critique from people. Like you, like you gotta be able to, you know, you, you just gotta be able to handle criticism because you're not perfect. Um, I'm not saying everybody, you know. A lot of people I know probably wouldn't be a fan of a drill sergeant getting in their face, putting their hands in their face, and screaming at them. Right? You know mm-hmm. that's fine. I I, I I understand that. 
but you got to be you got to be open up, um, uh, willing enough to open up your ears, listen to what people were trying to teach you when you when you mess something up. And and dude, you know, I'm in charge. You know, I you know I get about you know 10, 11 guys I, I'm in charge of. You know, when I whenever I get moved up into a squad leader position, when I'm down in a team leader position, it's more like three to four guys. Mm-hmm. But I tell you what, I learn I learn just as much from them every day. You know, I, I learn new. Well, not just as much, but I, I learn a lot from them on a day to day basis because you know they've seen different things happen in the past compared to how I try to implement things. Right. And you know, I learned my things from some some people. They learn their things from you know their leaders and. So sometimes you try and put two to two, two and two together, and maybe try and find the quickest method to get something done. Or sometimes, like if we're on a time hack and you know you need a plan right away, I'm going to stick with my game plan no matter what. Mm-hmm. But if you got some wiggle room, then I'm going to try out the new idea that they throw at me, and I've got no problem, you know, sw- swallowing my pride and listening to my, you know, yeah. that's like a big thing. That's a big thing the military lacks these days is uh, leadership willing to. Listen. You know, yeah, willing to listen to the younger enlisted, the junior enlisted guys, um, yep. because the junior enlisted guys and the and you know your 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 NCO the NCOs they you know they call the whole backbone of the army and whatnot. But you know the soldiers, if it wasn't for them, you know, you know we wouldn't be shit. So right, yeah, I mean. My take is you just gotta never stop learning. Yeah, be be open to constructive criticism, and always trying to learn more. Like you don't know everything, you never will. There's always going to yeah. be someone that knows more about something than you. Like I know a lot about things in history, but there's people out there that can make me look silly about the stuff I thought I knew a lot about. Yeah, I, I encourage talking to those people because then I'm learning more as I go. So that that you always got to be able to like learn. Never like, never shut your brain off to that stuff. You never know enough. Yeah, exactly. Like I I fucking love learning new shit. Like I will never say no and turn down an opportunity to, to learn something new. Um, even if it, even if I'm never gonna use it for the rest of my life, if it if if in that moment it's important and I think it's something I would like to see. Then I'm gonna sit there and listen to it. But if I don't ever use it again, you know, whatever. But yeah, I mean, um, that, that's how I've learned to, you know, take my skills and turn them into that big ass eight point last year. Is I got on YouTube, I swallowed my pride about what I thought I knew hunting growing up, and I started watching and paying attention and listening. You know, Jake Lovejoy, Zach uh, Lane, Mike. I took everything I knew from everybody around me, plugged it and played with it to what worked best in my scenario. Watched the hunting videos on TV, you know, listened to the Drury Brothers, listened to Ben Rising, working class bow hunter, and as of recent, you know, the the Breaking Point guys, and you know, I, I'm learning so much from all these guys because they've been through a lot of mistakes that I have yet to make. And hopefully yeah. I don't make those mistakes because I'm learning from their mistakes that they made in those situations. Like I'm learning to play the wind and learning to play the thermals. And I'm this year I'm going to go turkey hunting for the first time. So I'm like watching the breaking point. I'm watching Waddell and, you know, those guys over there, Bone Collector. 
and I'm talking to all my friends that have gotten turkeys before and watching YouTube videos to try and learn how to call like there's shit that they know that I have never even thought about because honestly if I get a bird I'm taking the mountable stuff and then I'm donating the meat or giving the meat to somebody else because I don't want to fuck with the bird I just want to stuff them out absolutely man well speaking of turkey season give a gotta give a shout out to Clint Casper on his Kansas turkey that thing was a stud I'm hoping yeah has he got a show or something do you think that might come up on uh, I don't think he films his hunts for shows but I'm sure that will come up on working class in an episode on their podcast um I'm not sure I don't know if he I'm, I'm probably sure he films them but I don't know if he posts it anywhere well I know um he does it he puts a lot of shit like on his story and stuff like that mm-hmm. um, he kind of you know he'll kind of talk through his hunts and everything like that just um uh, oh man you know that that dude yeah, he is so fucking fun to have a full conversation with you yes, know I can, sit, I can sit there and listen to him talk hunting all day and not get bored of it once like that if he starts if he says anything that sounds like hunting I'm taking out a pen and paper right hey maybe I ought to get in contact with him because I spent quite some time with him a couple weeks ago with I was with the breaking point guys and them like, yeah Clint was there and we, we bullshitting and shit but that dude's well, fun to be around period yeah he just a just a dynamite guy you're not gonna you're not gonna find a I don't know he, he, great guy down to earth fucking hilarious too oh yeah Very oh yeah H- fucking hilarious that dude had me rolling all night at the bars yeah oh man well I remember you know cause back in middle school and high school um, I, I used to, when we weren't doing shit on our farm, you know, I was driving up the road to, well, yeah, I was driving up the road to Casper's farm and working with Clint and Cody and, and, uh, their dad, Billy. And, oh man, was that a crew? <laughs> I learned that. Yeah. And so before I met Clint or, you know, learned anything about Clint, the only Casper I really knew was Cody because of, you know, I, I played Carrollton football and, did seven on sevens with him and stuff like that while he was in college and I was coming up through high school but dude those those two are freaking awesome people to be around yeah such a great family too like like Billy has got to be one of the hardest working funniest fuckers I know and and their and uh, their mom and Billy's wife Roxy she is she is one of the sh- absolute sh- most down-to-earth, sweetest, nicest, and strongest women on this planet. Uh, you know, I haven't seen too many people have to deal with what she's dealt with in her life. And, you know, I, I go, every every time I go home, like, I, I want to, that, that's like one of the top families on my list I want to swing by to see when I'm home every single time. Um, this is just like, you know, it's, it's certain people, there's a few people back home still that when I run into them, it, it feels like you never really left. Mm-hmm. And you know, you just kind of bounce right back to where you left off from the last time, and that's what that's what it's like every time I get to see the see the Caspers and and uh, yeah, shit, man. I mean, Clint and I are overdue for a couple shotgun beer sessions, so <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. And say so he's he got a monster bird out there in Kansas. I don't remember oh, where, yeah. where he said he was going next, but I'm sure it's probably something to do with muleys. And, and it, it's just like it blows my it doesn't 
it's like it blows my mind still i guess it does i'll say that like how how amazing that man is with a bow first of all you know i mean not only i think he's i think uh he said that was about a 30 yard shot on that turkey that is not an easy shot to make on even a white tail no that's nuts and and you know he just he does everything with his bow i i can't remember the last time i've seen that man go out with a gun anywhere and it's it's fun it's it's a lot of fun to to follow to follow his stories on facebook and listening to him when he gets on working class and um because again it's just like when he starts talking you turn into that student Mm -hmm. you just you you want to pick the professor's mind and learn as much as you can and um but that is that is one man who who has mastered his craft and and he'll probably never even admit that you know because that's this kind of guy he is like he would never be the one to say that he's mastered his craft because he's learning he's learning every day just like we all are and right. he's just he's he's doing it a little bit better than we are you know but yeah i mean he's got more practice than both of us but he he he's definitely doing it a lot better than us well that's what you get when you when you put in when you put in the time for what you love you know the results pay off and mm-hmm. I no, think, like I, I think Lane told me um, he got fired from like three or four jobs because he was out he was out hunting too much, taking off too much time for work to go hunt and stuff before he you know was able to start doing what he does now. And I was like, man, once I get financially stable enough, like I hope I can be willing to get fired from the job because I'm deer hunting too much. Like, right? Yeah. You know, stand my ground. Yeah. Like that's. That is my passion. I'm not giving up my passion for your job. Exactly. Well, yeah. I don't know, man. I just, you know, I I think life is such a bullshit scam sometimes because it's like, you know, our entire childhood was spent in a classroom in school doing homework. Um, then we move into adulthood and we work. And while we're working, we're working these jobs that, you know, pay you know pay enough for us to pay our bills right back and, and and at the same time everybody's like well you need to go out and travel you need to go see the world yeah i get it man but you know it's it's tough for some people you know yeah. for some people a vacation is a once a year thing like that's all that they can afford and it's yeah. just you know the cost of living it's, it's tough i'll say and, i'll say two things about that kind of like that living first of all we were indoctrinated by the U.S. society when we were kids and growing up like that's all the school system set up for right now is to train you to go to work from nine to five or whatever your work shift is that's all it's set up for right. right now and it's it's pathetic and two if you don't chase your dreams someone else is going to pay you to chase their dream yeah that, that's you know I've, I've came to that conclusion and you know seven eight months ago I was being told that this wasn't my type of thing. Like, I wouldn't succeed at this because it's just not who I am and stuff like that. And so I never got after it. And then circumstances changed. And I gave it a shot. And you know, I still don't know if I'll succeed at this, but I'm fucking, tr- I'm chasing my dream anyways. Because you know what? I can't go back to living, working in a factory. You know, paying my bills right. barely to make that owner that factory that much richer because I did. I was doing what he wanted me to do for his dream. Like, I can't go back to that. Yeah, and I, I tell you one thing, buddy. I mean, shit, your 12 episode, what's this, 11 or 12 now? 12, 12. right? 12. Yeah. 
12 episodes in, and you know, you're doing just fine. It's, it's, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. Right. Um, I, I mean, I'm being patient I, I with this stuff. I can tell you as a buddy and as a brother, I'm fucking proud of you for the for the work you put in for this shit. And you know, I I, I think it I think it I think it'll take off in, in, in time. I think everything's cool happening when it's meant to happen. And you yeah, know, I mean, for now, for now, just stay patient and just have just have fun with it. Is oh, the I am. Thing. I'm having fun with it. I mean, there's days where I don't want to do podcasts. Like there was our first time we yep. were supposed to get you on. I I just wasn't in the mood to do it that day. Um, I'm also now like. I put it on my Instagram story today, one of the lines on there. I, I keep telling myself this every single day, whether it's, you know, with my graduate classes or if it's with my actual work that I go do during the day or if it's with this hunting show and podcast, is I have, I can't have zero days anymore. There is no zero days, seven days a week. I have to at least do one thing, no matter how small it is, to get closer to my goal. So if that means I come in after work, and I do five minutes of homework. That's not a zero day. I did five minutes towards my teaching goal. If I go to work nine to five and they ask me to work Saturday and I say yes, there's there's another day I didn't have a zero day because I'm going out there and making money to provide my ability. And you know, if I come on here and I do a podcast, that's not a zero day. I'm I'm chasing my goal doing that. If I you know, I call them investments now. All the money I'm spending on my hunting stuff, I call it investments because I, I don't even consider that a zero day because, you know, I am losing money out of pocket for that up front, but at the same time, I'm investing in towards the future of what I want this to be, so I'm not having a zero day. And I'm working out constantly now because I'm, I'm trying to get ready to go drag big bulls out of Colorado and stuff after I kill them. I'm trying to get back in shape to do mountain hikes and stuff and get after wild animals yeah I, I, I just if someone if people listen to this and they want to they're having trouble struggling chasing their dreams whatever don't have any zero days like no matter how small your your accomplishment is for the day do something small every day to get close to your dream and yep. you'll feel better about yourself in six months guarantee it absolutely because six months ago chasing this dream I was angry pissed off not really motivated and then I started doing something small every single day and I have so much optimism now I'm feeling happier than ever I'm chasing my goal I get like I never would have met Aaron from Breaking Point I never would have met the working class bow hunters never would have met Whitetail Adrenaline I wouldn't have been into doing what I'm doing now you know like it's just crazy six months can change your life just by doing one small thing every day yeah, and you know, and the and the cool part about that too is like when you meet these guys from these other outdoor shows and podcasts and stuff, they, it, it, you know, that's one line of you know like production as far as the TV and you know, um, listening world goes, audio world, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Um, that's that's one group of individuals that I don't. They're not really out to bury any of their competition every every outdoorsman wants to see the next guy succeed yep um yep you know nobody nobody here really wishes anything bad and and on on any other group um it's just like you know the fact that you know they go out of their way to talk to so many people and you know and especially coming on to coming onto the grindstone and everything you know that that in itself shows a lot 
about the kind of people that they are um, and, you know, just how much they want to see everybody pursuing the dream of, you know, being a being an expert outdoorsman. Um, you know, you know, it's a dream most of us have and most of us want to accomplish. You know, it's just a matter of, you know, finding finding the time with what we're, our current situation is, you know, finding the time to work with there and slowly building our way into where we can finally move away from our current situation and pursue, you know, the dream full time. Right. Like my personal goal for all of this, um, there will never be a monetary goal for any of this for me. I, getting paid will never be a goal for me on this. My goal for this is in three years, I want to have... I don't even remember the number I said, but like YouTube, Instagram, uh, podcast followers. I forget the number I said, but it was, it, it wasn't like an astronomical number. It was a achievable goal, but it was still a high goal. Um, I think, I think I said I wanted like 500,000 collectively, like between all of them combined. I wanted like 500,000 people in three years. Yeah. And that's a pretty high goal, but if I do the right things and I network the right way and I, you know, I chase my dream a little bit at, at a time every day, that's not unachievable. There's people on TikTok shaking their ass once or twice a week and getting millions of followers in four days. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, the the shit that people get paid for anymore is, you know, it's it's shitty. It, but you know, they they played the system. They they figured out a way to make money and whatever i'm not gonna congratulate them but you know but you know uh, it, it, if you're making money and you're living then whatever you know you do you do you but you, you know, know if you do, you're not into hunting and you listen to this the only thing you should be taking away from these podcasts other than i talk to a bunch of dumb rednecks like myself or you know people <laughs> i get along with real easy is you should take away from this is you know don't be afraid to chase your goals because I, I literally come from low work, middle working class that people have no real expectations to get on a TV show or anything like that. They typically grow up, work their job, come home, and in 60 years they look back at their life and be like, man, I wish I would have done more. So if anything, take what I'm doing and be like, to hell with it. I'm going to chase my dream at any cost. Absolutely. Um, but, uh, well, hey, buddy. I got to tell you, uh, we, we we might have to wrap this one up here. All right, uh, that sounds good. I still gotta I gotta go hit the gym yet tonight. Yeah, I, I actually I just got a text a few minutes. I, I supposed to be off tomorrow, but no, I just got a text saying I needed to come in at five tomorrow morning. So <laughs> yeah, I ain't got to be on site till eight, so I'm not well, so worried about the sleep thing at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It is what it is, but. Yeah. uh well, hey, buddy, it's a fucking, it's a fucking pleasure as always. I'm, you know, I'm happy to see, I'm happy to see we're we're staying on the ball with everything, and uh, here in the next few weeks, I'll be able to start getting some farm footage here on the weekends. Um, I know plant corn planting's coming up, and um, so we'll, we'll we should have some good footage coming for YouTube here before too long. Sounds good because I, I need I need some footage. I got a bunch of clips on my phone I took a couple weeks ago that I need to put together yet, but. I just have I've been traveling a lot between Michigan and Ohio and West Virginia the last month and a half, so it hasn't happened yet, but it'll be there. But I'll take all the footage I can get. All right, my man. All right, well, 
stay safe up there and try and stay dry because I'm sure it's raining like hell up there the last couple weeks. Oh, it is. Yeah, fuck this state. That's all. Okay. <laughs> Anybody here listening? Uh, fuck New York. Don't, don't, don't move to the state of New York. And if you live here, there's way better states to move to. And I will. I would say Ohio is one of them. As much shit as I talked about it earlier. Yeah, I would I agree. Back, uh, if I had to choose between Ohio and New York, it wouldn't even be a fucking question. Nope. No. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> but All right, buddy. It's a pleasure as always. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you later. All right. Later. All right, so he actually sent me a text and I didn't read it. That's why he said he's got to wrap it up. Um, so, yeah, that is uh, episode 12. Um, it is 10 o'clock at night. I got to edit this and hit the gym and then get to bed for work tomorrow. So, um, you know, if there's anything to take away, like I said, from this podcast, no matter whether you're in it for the deer hunting or in it to listen to the stupidity that flows out of my mouth, take away that chasing your dreams it you don't have to have any set standard in life to go chase your dreams you can you can be homeless and go chase your dreams uh, eric thomas did it and look where he's at now uh it, it's just something you gotta make the personal decision to go do so with that i'm gonna leave you with something I, like what i always say so go live your life have fun man um get out there do something you enjoy every day And we'll catch you back here next week for episode 13 of Grindstone Adventures. I'm your host, Zach Fuhr, and I am out.